Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Christman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Fed Talks. This is Season 2, Episode 21. I'm Jimmy Chrisman, your host, and I have a great episode for you this week talking with Michael Meyer. He is the Director of Education at the Academy of Makeup Arts in Nashville, Tennessee, and he speaks with us uh, this week about his work in makeup, wig making, and animatronics, his work in the professional film world, professional opera, his time abroad, and his time in academia, which paved the way for what he's doing now in uh, at the Academy of Makeup Arts. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Michael Meyer. Well, I'm excited to welcome to Fed Talks today, Michael Meyer. Michael is the Director of Education at the Academy of Makeup Arts in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, he has a fantastic website uh, that I'm sure he'll talk a little bit about uh, featuring his work, and it is phenomenal. And you, I am excited for, for my listeners to hear all about your work, Michael. So, uh, Michael, just introduce yourself, kind of tell us a little bit about um, your journey to where we are now with your career, and, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, sounds good. Well, um, my name is Michael Meyer. I'm a, um, I am ai guess you can say theatrical educator um, for the arts of anything wig makeup related, puppetry, animatronics, um, specialty props, and you name it, basically. Um, whatever goes on stage, if there's nobody else that can build it, ask me and we'll take care of that. Um, well, my journey started at roughly age of 15. Um, I'm now just shy of 50 or just over 50. You do the math how long that is. Um, but um, so I, I started out, um, I come from a movie family. And, and so I was, was invited to go on movie sets and things like that once in a while with my dad. And um, I saw some special effects makeup artists working um, that was in, in Germany. And um, that basically solidified um, what I wanted to do. I wanted to become a special effects makeup artist. Um, well, back then you needed to have a cosmetology license in order to enter the, an apprenticeship program um, as a makeup artist. And so I started out with a cosmetology license. Um, was a cosmetologist for about um, two and a half, three years um, all over Europe. Um, until um, my desired apprenticeship place came came open. And so I applied for it, got into uh, uh, the opera of Hanover, which is part of Northern Germany, and did a two and a half year apprenticeship program there. Um, that commenced with um, some, some uh, estate license. And so I worked there after I passed the estate license for, for 10 years, 12 years, something like that and met my wife, um, who's an American citizen, um, former ballerina. And um, we decided to, um, we just had two young kids and decided to move to the United States. Um, grass is greener on the other side, always, you know, you know how that goes. Um, started a career here, started out in Los Angeles, did some freelance working and wound up at the San Francisco Opera as a wig maker. Um, and so as I was working there, um, the University of North Carolina School of the Arts um, sent over a fax 
um, stating that they were looking for for guest artists and if my then boss Gareth Marandres um, would recommend somebody or could recommend somebody and so he passed on that fax to me and um, so I went there for two years um, during the downtime um, at the San Francisco Opera and gave guest lectures was there basically for about six seven weeks each time and um, the university made me an offer to come on board as part of the wig and makeup faculty there and so I decided yeah it's time to time to do that and that was in 2001 um, I started my first um, full-time teaching um, not having no clue no idea what um, university teaching was all about um, but a um, little bit of background there's a different system as a makeup artist in Europe or and the United States um, in Europe or in Germany the makeup artist is an all-around um, type of technician that can deal from wigs to special effects regular makeup beauty makeup um, anything else runway whatever is needed and in the United States it's very pigeonholed you have the wig maker you have the makeup artist um, you have the puppeteer you have the animatronics guy and you have the special effects prosthetic guys and so on and so forth and um i saw this and i was like when i when i got the opportunity to start teaching i was like there must be a better way of um educating young artists in a more holistic way and so as i as i started my teaching career um i i was very fortunate that the um um, then director of the program, Martha Ruskai, had already set up uh, the beginnings of a well-rounded um, program. Um, after a few years, I became um, head of that department and um, continued my, my quest, so to speak. No, quest is a little bit of a harsh word, but <laughs> my, um, my wanting to, to train well-rounded artists that can um, talk educatedly um, about their about their craft, um, know everything, um, and, and can pick up work anywhere they wanted to. And so I started crafting that program around those ideas, um, basically teaching those students um, a wide variety of, of tips and tricks and tools of the trade. And uh, yeah, that's um, sort of like in a nutshell how I got how I got started obviously a very steep learning curve from um, not knowing academia at all to becoming head of the department to growing this department then to about a size of uh, 50 students plus both graduate and undergraduate level and um, yeah that, that that was a steep learning curve but I did it, I made it, um, you know, got myself to the rank of um, full professor. And then just as I had my full professorship, um, another opportunity came open and now I'm teaching at a private school. So I, it was, it was a very steep learning curve for me as well when I, right, right. I left the, the high school classroom and, and went into higher education here at Illinois State. Um, and, and I think there's a bit of a misconception that it's 
it's a very posh life that university professors lead and that yeah. that, that yeah. we have all this free time and yes. and in, and looking on paper we it does look like we have a lot of free time so yes it's, i know that's not the case <laughs> so what um what what was most surprising for you when you switched to um academia and 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 what do you wish you had known going into it well there there was um the 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 general understanding of of um of what people think when you tell them your university professor is oh they t- they say like oh well you teach three classes a week and you go home and um you know y- yes on paper it may be through it may be true that you teach three classes um in in my case it was up to i think eight classes a week Oh, wow. Plus um, faculty, um, all the things that you have to do to to do as a faculty member. You know, you have to sit on committees. You have to um, the faculty meetings, um, um, all that and stuff. The advising, the office hours, um, the grading, the, all all of that stuff that comes outside of the three technically classes that you teach. Um, and yeah, so the workload and then on top of that, um, we were also, which appreciate about our university was that, um, you had to have an active faculty, um, um, business in your, in your trade, you know, you have to be a a practicing artist. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was sort of like, well, divided roughly into thirds, um, a third teaching a third, um, faculty meetings and committees and giving back to the university and then a third um, outside um, work that you do as a practicing artist. So yeah, three classes that, that, yeah, it's a little silly. (laughs) Um, I, I have had a couple of students go through the North Carolina school of the arts um, program right. and uh I, I think they do phenomenal work there so um yes it, I, is, it is awesome i don't i don't know if um my students had you or not but i appreciate the work that you did there because oh, all they talked about was how fantastic the faculty were and the opportunities that they had and right, how right. much they learned so looking at your because you you got your start um in germany um, right. and, and looking at your experiences in in europe and abroad how have those experiences influenced um not only what you're doing now with your craft but um your teaching as well i i think you know i i was also invited a few times to teach in in um, taipei and in beijing and um, a few other places so you know the looking internationally what what is going on in other classrooms and what other students are doing and um just how your trade is is received and and taught in other in other countries um definitely influenced my my work with my students here i think um i have become more open to new techniques teaching techniques and and practical techniques in my in my trade um, I, I think we have to be as faculty members um, to stay very, very flexible. You know, we, we cannot and and doing international work um, and, and being in touch with, with some friends that I have made um, over the times and still have in Germany and the UK and so on and so forth. It, it gives me a bigger picture of the entire thing and don't see everything. Um, you know, we, we, we tend to... Um, 
to focus on just right is in front of our nose, be it the next show in our university where we are or wherever we're teaching. And, and we don't see the bigger picture of everything. So we might get grumpy about, oh, this show doesn't look this way, or that, that, that's, I don't like that, or, or whatever the students' issues are all about, you know, throw the cell phone away and, and so on and so forth. But um, I think it has taught me to, to view everything a little bit bigger. Um, in turning our attention to your, what you're doing now at the Academy of Makeup Arts, um, can you can you talk a little bit about the the program there and sure. and I, I I love I love that you brought up that when, in your training you were kind of this jack of all trades and a specialist of all of them right. whereas right. when you came here it was like very pigeonholed like you said so um, right. I I love I've I've been to the website I've I've dug around it I've I've, I've explored and read about it so tell tell the listeners a little bit about the program there if if they have well, students it, who might it, be looking for that. Yes, it started, it started out that, um, you know, after 17 years um, on a university level, I think I was ready to look at something new and something different. Um, a university has, has wonderful sites, but it, it also has, um, it is slow as molasses at times. <laughs> that's true. That's just, that's just the way. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. You know, um, if if you want to get a new building, a new shop, or something like that at a university, that is a ten-year process. You know, um, so I was I was starting to look for something for something different, and um, actually, my two kids, my girls, um, moved to Nashville, and so my wife and I looked at each other and said, "Well, let's see what is what is out there," and Obviously, um, Google Friend came out and we did some, some research about what is in the area and Academy of Makeup Arts popped up. And I saw that they have already a really strong special effects makeup program and a strong um, beauty program. What was missing was the hair world and the wig world. So um, I called up Ashley Driver, the, the owner, and said, hey, um, left a voicemail saying, hey, are you interested in, in opening a program for the wig world and things like that? Um, here's my website, so on and so forth. That was Sunday mid-afternoon. Monday morning, I got a call back. <laughs> saying, well, yeah, I think, yes, let's talk about that. So, and that's how it, that's how it started. Um, um, I sort of like integrated a... a um, custom wig design program into the Academy of Makeup Arts and so on and so forth. That was two years ago. And um, um, the, I, I really appreciated that it was the, again, this sort of like a, a beginning of a, a rounded artist. Um, now on a private level, um, what also intrigued me was that you could take special effects classes, wig making classes and beauty classes separately, and you were not bound by a three-year graduate program or a four-year undergraduate program, um, which I saw as a positive. Um, the drawback on that is that all the classes are only 20 weeks long. So, um, you gain the flexibility of a really, really fast moving program um, with the drawback that you only have the students for 20 weeks. Um, so that makes a little bit of a, um, you know, 
is the grass greener on the other side of the university in a private setting um, or not? Um, currently, um, lucky for, for for me, so to speak, um, Ashley Driver, the, the owner of the school, recognized um, what type of experience I had from the university program running a big specialized program and having student successes all over the map. Um, and she is she is very open in in recrafting a program to a more holistic program, but shorter than a graduate program. So we're actually currently in the development of a um, brand new program that encompasses um, all three major parts of the trade into one program that will be roughly one and a half years long or three times 20 weeks um, programs. Um, so currently I'm in, in the big curriculum development um, to get this um, program up and running. And it's um, all of my co-teachers there are on board. They see the, um, they see the pluses um, of having a holistic program. And yeah, that's what we're gonna be doing. Um, you know, something as, as it sounds a little um, petty, but for instance, we, we figured out that once my program was about a year old that our the, the the facilities were too small or not really too small um, but we could grow so um, Ashley went out and bought a building you know half a year we moved in so comparing that to a university um, you can't do that you know and so from 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 having the idea we need to grow to the moving into a new building basically it was a process of about six to seven months and um, now we have a 12,000 square foot um, facility um, just for the for our art um, usually that is this that is in in some universities that's the space of a scene shop and we have it as our playground so from that point of view um, I can make much faster um, decisions on on the private level than on the university level but creating a true, I want to say, a hybrid form of that, pairing the two experience that I have so far, I think that is where the golden nugget will sit. So you would classify uh, the academy as a, is a trade school? Is that what? Yeah, it's a trade school. Yeah, so it's, it's not like a, a master's program or an undergrad program. It's a, it's a trade school, no, very much no, like, no. A, like, like AMDA in New York, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a it's a true trade school. Um, we're giving certificates and diplomas. Um, we went through um, the entire federal accreditation system, and at the end decided not to do it because it wouldn't. We we got to about ninety eight percent of being finished. A site visit had been done and everything. Uh, but we decided not to not to continue it or to to actually finish it up. It would have restricted us too much and wouldn't have given us any major benefits, um, even on the on the level of getting federal loans and things like that for the students. It was just too much red tape and things like that. We're much more flexible on on this level and can react much faster. You know, the curriculum change for us is, is um, getting through um, the state approval 
and being done with it, you know. Whereas I just went through one with my program and it was a year long paperwork process. (laughs) And now I'm waiting until next August before that curriculum actually begins in the catalog. So just to give people an idea of what that's like, it's not just adding a class and boom, you're done. Um, Get the school board approval in the high schools and boom, you're done. You start it next year. So that, yeah. I appreciate that frame of reference for folks. I know you, you, you really are not, you do focus in theater, but you also focus with a, a lot of film and television type yes, of, yes, of yes. work that you do. Um, right, for those right. teachers who say, we don't teach film and I don't know how to do that stuff, but I have kids who are going to be fantastic at that. And, and this is a great opportunity for them with the Academy of Makeup Arts. So what are some right. things that theater teachers can do right now with their kids to help them prepare to go into either your program and then later the field of film and television with that? Yeah, there's, um, there is this, there's, there's one thing what I don't like about the theater world and the film world is that the theater people say, well, we can't do film and I don't understand it. And, um, uh, and, um, theater makeup artists can't do film. That is the perception of the film makeup artist and the film makeup and the theater artist says, well, the film makeup artist can't paint for, for stage and so on and so forth. Um, I think none of that is, none of that is true anymore. Um, it may have been in the, in the eighties and nineties, but today in theater, everything gets televised, you know, Every smaller production, um, uh, high definition cameras in your face or in the actor's and singer's face, and um, it gets recorded somehow and it winds up on YouTube and everywhere. And um, so from that perspective, um, we as traditional film or as traditional theatrical makeup artists have to um, fine tune our game a little bit. Um, the the era of overpainting a face and so on and so forth. I think that is mostly that is mostly passé and done with. Um, I think our techniques are slowly but surely refining themselves and lining themselves up more with the film reality. Um, the stages are getting smaller. Um, it's small um, black box theaters. The audience and um, and, and the stage become one. Um, a lot of um, plays are, the, the audience is incorporated into it. Um, so um, we have to be very, very fine in our work. So um, one thing that I like to teach and ingrain in my students is to not have that separation between film and, TV and, and, and stage anymore. We are makeup artists, and if you are a strong makeup artist, you should be able to swim in both ponds and um, be very successful at it. Um, I think that if we're, if we're thinking about what can a teacher do in order pre- to prepare students for the next step, like my school at the Academy of Makeup Arts or any other program, maybe to give them strong problem-solving skills. That is the biggest thing that I um, that I that I see. Sometimes the absolute basic skills um, are not there, and sometimes I, I see um, I see students lacking 
absolute basic skills. And that is really the, the, I don't know where it comes from, if it is our static K through 12 educational system, um, but somewhere something gets, gets lost. Um, students get frustrated really fast if you tell them, well, that doesn't look that good, let's redo that. And um, they hit the roof that way and going, oh, this is not, this is, this is all perfect. No, it's not. Let's rethink that. Um, so preparing students in that way for the industry is, is, I think, the best thing to do. Skills can be learned, you know, um, using a tape measure and so on and so forth. All of that stuff can be learned if the problem solving skills are there. Yeah, cause I, when I was digging around your personal website, you, you have a, a section for um, animatronics yes. and, and I think there's a, a little, a little statement, I think at the bottom of the page that says, I am not an engineer. I'm not an electrician. Right. Right. This is what I've tinkered with and what I've found right. out. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that, that's basically what it's all about. You got to be hungry about what you are passionate about. You know, um, it doesn't matter if you're a scenic artist, if, if you're a costume design student or costume technician um, or makeup artist, it doesn't matter. Be hungry about what you what you're trying to do. No, I'm not an engineer. Um, and yet I got myself to program Arduinos you know, learning a basic coding language um, and, and getting that up and running. So um, it is far removed from the brush and powder puff and so on and so forth, um, or hairspray, um, but yet it is somewhat related to, to, what, we, to what we do. Yeah. You know, if you look at the film or look at the series, The Dark Crystal, that just has a renaissance, you know, it's all about puppets. It's all about that art form. What uh, what opportunities, or do you have any um, opportunities for, for teachers that could take advantage of any of your classes? Yeah, well, what we do is, um, and again, this is this is the advantage of the private of the private school. We can, if if a teacher comes to me, I can customize classes very very fast. Um, I have um, currently, um, I still run a 20 week week program. New class starts in January, on January 6th. Um, and sometimes I have students that say, uh, Michael, I, I just don't, I, I, I just need to learn the trade for streetwear. You know, I'm a cosmetologist. I get a lot of customers that ask me about um, what do I do with my hair loss? And so I teach them. And I, I can slide them into my classroom, um, put a custom curriculum together for them, and just run them alongside my, my theater students. Um, so if there are any theater teachers out there that want to have um, a refresher course in how to do this or how to do that, well, contact me. We'll put a custom curriculum together and that could be even um, we're having we're, we're having a strong summer class program um, where those things could be slotted in and learned and that is you know continuing education is is a big thing um, you know I I do the same thing I, I take classes I, I refresh my memory you know I take classes in 3d printing just because I need it and um, I got myself into a world of I'm, I'm okay with 3D printing. I'm not the best, but I know enough to be dangerous and I know how to use it for my industry. 
And so I encourage everybody to take advantages of this. And yeah, contact me. We can, we can work out um, very flexible things, very flexible classes. Even um, I have developed a system of teaching um, wig making online. Oh, that, wow. is, that is doable as well. I had some, a couple of, of um, I, I don't call them students, um, but, but a couple of people that I mentor through techniques and things like that over the platform like Zoom. It's, it's working great. Awesome. So what are you currently working on that you're really excited about right now? Uh, well, currently it's, it's a new curriculum that I'm really excited about. Um, that is something we have two new things in the, in the works. Um, one is an animatronic program. Um, that will be probably launched in, in August. We had one student, um, we call it our test pilot. Um, um, she ran through the program once the way Ben Rittenhouse who's teaching the special effects part and myself were, were co-teaching that class. And um, we are at the very tail ends of finalizing that curriculum. Um, then writing it up and um, getting it through the state program. That's going to launch very soon. And then the launch of a program where we're combining all three, the beauty, the special effects, and the wig world into one program. And um, in a nutshell, the um, student will learn by character building. Um, so we're starting out with characters where all three trades basically are um, every character needs to have all three trades involved. Um, and so we're starting with very slow and easy characters like how to make a homeless person or the traditional, what we conceive to be about the homeless, traditional homeless look without going with stereotyping. Um, I know it's not great, but so just to explain the, the, um, the concept. So in that character, we will have some facial um, little cuts and lacerations. We have the, um, the hairstyle for it. We have the general, a little bit of a, of a rougher skin, um, so on and so forth. So we build characters. The next character ongoing will be a little harder. That may be a um, um, Queen Elizabeth, you know, partial bald cap, um, the wig for that recessed hairline, no eyebrows, pale skin, so on and so forth. Um, and then we're going to go to progressively harder and more developed um, uh, characters. And that's currently in the books on how to develop that and make it, make it happen. So I'm, I'm pulling from my um, educational experience on a university level and pairing that with the fastness of, the, of a private sector. That it, sounds it's so quite, cool. It's it, it sound, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to 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 see that. Um, I'm pretty excited about that when that's going yeah, to start. And you should be. You know, um, we we have students that are doing all three programs that we all three main programs that we offer, and they go through program by program by program, and they're with us for a year to one and a half years, and. You know, when students come fresh out of high school, you know, they're 18, 19 years old. Um, and the plus side, I want to say, on a, at a, univers on a university education is that you have them for three to four years and you can work with them. And you see them progressing from, oh my God, deer in the headlight, fresh out of high school, what am I doing? 
to somebody that is absolutely a theatrical professional and starts working and knows their business. Um, that takes three to four years of, of work and a village that supports all of that. You know, um, that's what I'm missing in the private sector. And that's why um, we want to keep the students a little bit longer with us. And to really, because at, you know, if you, if you are out of high school uh, and, and you take a 20 week wig program, it's too short. You know how to make a wig, but it's too short to become a theatrical a professional in the industry. So by widening the time that they're staying with us and by giving them professional, um, we're, support, we're supporting local theaters um, in Nashville and giving them a really um, hands-on education. Um, that with about a year to one and a half years um, studying with us, I think that's a recipe for success for sure. What looking back over your your career um, in all the different facets that you've you've worked, what is or what are one or two of your favorite uh, stories um, or moments from your career that you'd like to share? Well, if if you're if you, well, I, th I think one of my favorite stories is a little bit it's a little bit removed from the theatrical. Um, aspect of things but if you look over my website at skindeepfx.com um, there is a part there is a section that I call medical work and um, within that medical work um, I have developed with a group of people um, what were called medical trainers and they are basically there to give a medical practitioner um, and a training platform before they start cutting on humans. And that was very, there was one project that was, um, in, in a nutshell, um, we developed a trainer to um, hopefully help eradicating a, um, an eye disease in Central Africa. In a nutshell, you get that eye disease, it's a, um, it's a recipe of going blind. Um, but there's a relatively quick surgery that can be performed in order for, for, to, to reverse the outcome of that. And um, we have, um, as, as me and my group there, and my then business partner, we have developed a trainer that where everybody that can hold a scalpel can basically train on how to perform that surgery and help eradicating blindness in Central Africa due to... Uh, um, uh, medical condition called trachiasis. So being part, using my skills in a way of being part of um, of a bigger picture that is not like um, a theatrical production where you go in, oh, that was a nice production, I loved it, or I didn't like it, and a nice evening. Um, this had a bigger impact than that. Um, and that's, that's one of my favorite, favorite things. How cool is that? Yeah, it, it, it was a pretty, there was a pretty, again, pretty steep learning curve. Um, yeah. because I had no idea how to swim in with the medical people. Um, because that's a completely different animal. Those, those people are not artists. And so that's a completely different pond to swim in, but I did it for a bunch of years and, and, um, yeah. 
Um, the other, the second thing is that I really enjoy in my profession is um, to see um, young students finding their way into this industry and making a living and making a really carving out really nice careers for themselves and and really to to make that happen and having that knowledge somehow that you had a little bit of a spark in there that entire thing to 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 kickstart that entire thing that's that's an awesome that's an awesome feeling every time that happens it's it's awesome that's awesome well i think that's just the the heart of a teacher though right yeah, I, I think that's I think that's what it that's that's what it is. And so when 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 I saw my um, university career coming to an end or or needing the feel the need for a change a little bit, um, I was like, you know, what do I go back full time into the business? And I was like, well, not okay. Yes, I could, <laughs> but is that really what I wanted? What I wanted to do, and and over the the seventeen years at the University um, of North Carolina, I found that, yeah, I'm a teacher. You know, um, I, I at some point somewhere mid that mid career, I struggled a little bit with the idea that my portfolio wasn't. Um, advancing as much as I would like it to be. Um, that was one moment where I sort of like had a wake, little bit of a wake up moment. And I was, I looked at my portfolio and I was like, well, there's really nothing going on there too much. And I was like, well, there's really no time in to do, to do more. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. Um, my portfolio has shifted, you know, yes, I still work, outside of my teaching career but my portfolio my portfolio now is to some degree the success of my students and uh, once i realized that i was like yeah okay i'm a i'm a teacher now that's that's what it is that's my main thing i yes i do still professional work sometimes you know but for the most part i can consider myself an educator and you know trying to advance in that field. And, and trust me, there's every day in the classroom, I learn something new. Mm -hmm. I think uh, for my, for myself, when I, when I made the switch to higher education, um, I, and I, I still do to this day, I miss very much the work I did with my students in the high school. I miss, yeah. I miss creating with them and watching them grow. Um, right. But for me, when I made that, that change in my career, um, I, I miss that tremendously, but now I see a different responsibility that I have right, of right. training right. the people who are going to be doing that with those kids now. So exactly. it's just a mind shift of, yes, of, yes, yes, of it, where it, our, our heart and our minds are with, with what we're doing. Right. right, right. And you got to come, you got to come to terms with it. You know, you got to say, okay, this is what it is. You know, it's, it's when I, um, I have um, really strong friends and really good friends that stayed practically in the industry and they're all winning their Emmys and their Oscars and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, wait, you know, what, what happened? And I was like, well, no, that's, that's not it. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm doing. You know, it's a different, it's a different animal. I'm successful at what I am, what I am doing with students. And right. that's, that's awesome. So my final two questions are, um, we'll, we'll start with the first one is what is a resource that you are currently using or have used that theater teachers absolutely must know about? 
<clears throat> well, I, I, I was never somebody that was, you know, you got to read this book or you got to read that book or, or this is, this is a formula that you have to, that you have to follow. I think, um, the biggest resource for you to use as a young teacher is look up to your senior teachers and see what they are doing. Um, see, compare and contrast, see what you like about it, see what you don't like about it. Um, see what the student response is. Um, try to figure out why one teacher is not only um, very popular, but also effective. Now, popular and effective, they don't need to go hand in hand. It's awesome if they go hand in hand. Um, but what makes one teacher very effective than another teacher? versus the other teacher. And I think that is the biggest resource to, to pull from. Um, and then go to, I'm a big fan of USITT. Um, I think that going to those conventions, sitting in on lectures, sitting in just networking with what other people are doing, what other faculty members are doing. Um, uh, get engaged with faculty members outside of your own personal university because that bubble can become really, really small. Reach out to other faculty members, reach out to the community. Um, I think that's the biggest resource, what I would, what I would say. Um, you know, there's, if, if you want to read books, there's every, every two weeks, there's another book coming out on how to deal with students and their cell phone addiction. <laughs> no? um, and, and you will never get it right, you know. Um, so see, see what practical, what, what's, what, what other faculty members are doing. That's, that's, and, and listen, listen to them. Don't be, don't be, oh, I got it. I got it all figured out. And no, you don't, not as a young teacher. Um, and so what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers or inspirational words for veteran teachers who just need something encouraging yeah, I right now? It, I think it flows into that and it flows into that same, into that same line. Um, you know, when I think back the way I started, um, I, I really, uh, I really instinctively, not knowing what I was doing, but instinctively, um, I, I leached on, so to speak, to to some teachers that I found very effective, and um, they sort of like showed me, um, not intentionally, not show, but they showed me what to do and how to how to engage students. Um, and stay open, every class is different. You know, you, you will never have the same class twice and so should your teaching method should also change slightly. You know, um, I, I t it takes me about four, in this class now, the, in the new and upcoming class, I will be very reserved for the first week in my classroom and, and just try to figure out the students and then sort of like give each student um, unconsciously um, an individual treatment. You know, don't treat each student the same, the same way. Um, learn from the students. That's the biggest, that's one of the biggest things to, to do. And learn also what is missing within the students. Um, I, there is, um, there, there are really brutal life skills missing sometimes. And um, somehow if you identify those life skills, um, you, you, you have, 
I think you're part of, of a bigger thing, specifically in the theatrical setting, because it's such a close-knit family and students that are really studying theatrical, whatever it is, any kind of theatrical trade, um, they grow up with that big family of the theater work or film work or whatever. And that is awesome. We should, we should cherish that. Um, develop for older faculty, for more seasoned faculty, well, develop a mentoring program for younger faculty. Mm. You know, that is something to to what I found to be really, and that doesn't need to be yet another committee meeting, um, but that that's just an informal thing. Um, if, if, if I would be um, dean or director of a theater program, I would assign a new faculty member a mentor and, and, and see that, that we can learn from each other. That's the biggest thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. constantly learning constantly learning yeah we, ne we never we should never stop no for sure well michael thank you so much for talking with me today i really appreciate well, you. you reaching out on facebook and 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 uh I, I yeah i saw i saw that coming through my facebook feed and i was like i wonder if if those guys are interested in what i do and I, here we are I think some teachers will will get some really valuable things out of what you said and, and right. know now that They'll know that there's a, a, a an outlet for those students now as well. Absolutely, just um, you know, if if you guys have students that that will follow along, would like to follow along this path, um, send them my way. If there's faculty members out there that want to be in contact, reach out, learn new tricks, learn new skills, um, find me. Michael, thank you so much, and I, I hope you have a wonderful, happy New Year. Same to you guys. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Michael Meyer, for joining me on the show. Please check out his website, www.skindeepfx.com. That's S-K-I-N-D-E-E-P-F-X.com, where you can see all of his really innovative, creative, amazing work. And then if you are interested in checking out the Academy of Makeup Arts, check out their website at www theamua.com that's t-h-e-a-m-u-a.com uh, it's a great great school to check out if you have kids interested in makeup arts and uh, makeup technologies uh, check that out it could be a really great option for your students thank you so much for listening i appreciate it please visit our website at www.thedtalks.com where you can check out the archives of all of our past episodes with each of their teacher each of the teachers pages with their recommended resources and links um, you can find all of their transcripts of their episodes all there www.fedtalks.com you can find us on your favorite podcast providers apple podcasts on itunes google podcasts google play spotify stitcher anypod and tune in go on your favorite podcast provider subscribe to the show rate us leave us some stars review us and tell us what you like about the show and most importantly share the show with those future theater educators and theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what i'm doing here on the podcast you can always reach me at email fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com send me any ideas for future shows any future guests you'd like to hear on the show or if you've got some feedback for me to keep making improvements i always welcome that that's Podcast at gmail.com you can find us on all your favorite social media twitter at theater ed talks tumblr thedtalks.tumblr.com 
find us on Facebook in the Fed Talks group, Instagram at Fed Talks Podcast, and of course the website once again is www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record, that you hear on the show. Thank you for listening. Please, please, please keep your heads up. Keep doing great things with your kids. Make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Try to get some sunshine. I know it's cold in many places. Uh, for those of you who are in warm places, you, you, we, those of us here in the cold are envying you big time. So take care of yourselves. Don't work yourselves too hard. Make sure you're eating, drinking, getting lots of vitamins in you, and you're getting lots of rest. Thank you for all you do for these kids, and thank you for listening. Have a great week.